From Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes. We break down the big political news affecting Wisconsin. I'm Chuck Quirmbach, filling in for Mayan Silver, speaking with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. Well, hi, J.R. Welcome to the It Really Feels Like Winter uh, edition of Capital Notes. Yes, it does. Well, you know, that doesn't mean the legislature hasn't been busy. Uh, Last week, there was a proposal for a medical marijuana bill. And then later on in the week, there was criticism of the Republican proposal, or at least concern about it from another Republican. Where do things stand now on medical marijuana? Uh, Well, there's a bill out there. I just don't know if it's going to go anywhere. So let's pull back big picture. Robin Voss, the Assembly Speaker, has been talking about medical marijuana for about seven years now, saying he's opened the idea. But he's faced various pushback from the Senate Majority Leaders, uh, first Scott Fitzgerald, then Devin Lemahieu. A year ago, Devin indicated that he was maybe open to it, that it could get done uh, sometime this session. And now we have a bill introduced by Robin Voss. The issue is, though, Senate Republicans have a number of concerns about that bill, particularly the approach. Uh, Mary Felskowski is a state senator from up in Irma, a northern Wisconsin Republican. She's been the lead advocate on medical marijuana among Senate Republicans for a while now. Uh, it tells you something when she's not a co-sponsor of the bill. In fact, there's no Senate co-sponsor of the bill. And that's important for a couple of reasons. One, you have to pass a bill through both houses of the legislature in the same form to get it through. Without a Senate co-sponsor, there's nobody to kind of shepherd that bill or to advocate for it in the Senate. Um, if you don't have the lead kind of advocate for medical marijuana on your bill, that's another possible red flag. And then Devin Lemahieu, during lunch we had last week, said that there's a provision in Robin's bill that's a non-starter. That is that Robin wants to have uh, dispensaries be state-run. So first off, this is probably one of the most restrictive medical marijuana bills that's out there, uh, the approach at least. And what Robin's calling for is to have these five state-run dispensaries. You'd only have a certain number of ailments for which you could qualify for medical marijuana. Then you'd have to have, you know, uh, be a licensed uh, producer and whatnot through the state. And then it would be state-run dispensaries. Well, Republicans, A, don't really care for growing government, and B, don't like the idea of the government doing something the private sector could. The argument that I've heard from some is that, you know, Voss's approach is over a concern about going toward full legalization. Having a state-run dispensary, you're not going to have, for example, private dispensaries with billboards uh, calling for you to come out and check out medical marijuana at their store. You know, there's less of an incentive to grow your customer base and to maybe move toward full legalization. So that might be part of the reason why he's doing it. But if you think about this also big picture politically, Republicans have struggled on marijuana with the uh, voters. Uh, Looking at the Marquette Law School poll, we've seen overwhelming support for both medical marijuana and full legalization. Republicans aren't there on the ladder. So they're trying to find something they can put out there to say, hey, we're moving on this issue. We we hear you, but we're not going to go all the way there, but to at least try to address it. And the impression I get from some folks is they think Robin Voss put out this bill basically for political cover. Yes, his heart may want to see medical marijuana, but this is more about politics and it's about getting something done this session, especially lawmakers set to go home by the end of February in the Assembly and mid-March in the Senate. Yeah, though I was kind of touched by the stories uh, at the uh, Voss News Conference in South Milwaukee. Jesse Rodriguez, representative from Oak Creek, talked about a constituent uh, whose wife is very ill and wants medical marijuana. Representative Mako from the Green Bay area was down at South Milwaukee telling this very uh, poignant story 
about his late wife being ill and suggesting perhaps they had illegally obtained some marijuana to help her through the pain. It's a strong issue. If they're just doing politics on it, that's really raw stuff. Well, that's kind of how it works in the Capitol sometimes. If you can't get something done, at least get a bill out there to give yourself some cover so they can go out now and say, look, they can put on a mail piece that we addressed. We tried to pass medical marijuana. Now, it also could be a negotiating tactic. Maybe, you know, the thoughts out there that Robin Voss put this bill out there to try and pressure the Senate to move to see what they would come up with as a counter. You know, that's always part of politics is the push and shove. But, you know, there's a mix of politics and policy and everything happens in the Capitol. And that's the case here as well. Well, since you mentioned Robin Voss, a Republican from Racine County, Assembly Speaker, and now target of a recall uh, attempt from someone in his district, uh, what do we know about that, and does it stand much of a chance? Well, there are a number of hurdles for the folks who are doing this. Number one, you have to collect a base amounts to 25% of the votes cast in the district in the last control election in terms of signatures. So for the people doing this, They've got to collect 6,850 valid signatures in within 60 days. That's not an easy task. Add in the fact that it's January and you're going to February to do this. There's going to be a polar vortex upon us that is not going to encourage all people to go outside for a week. I mean, every day is precious. You know, by the way, you know, looking at Robbins Assembly District, there aren't a lot of huge population centers. You know, Burlington's 11,000 people. Union Grove, about 5,000. Certainly about 7,000. So it makes it harder to find people that sign nomination papers out into the public. So there's that hurdle. Two, we have a legal hurdle. The state Supreme Court member threw out the maps we currently have saying they're unconstitutional. As part of that order, it issued a directive to the Elections Commission barring it from holding elections under those lines. The Elections Commission, as we speak right now, is trying to figure out, can you even be recalled if there's no map? So that's a challenge for the people doing this. And, you know, there are folks in the Capitol who try to dismiss them as, you know, kind of fringe people, kind of, uh, not to be taken seriously, but don't forget, these folks are also attached to a group that put up $350,000 in TV, radio, and mail the last several months targeting Robin Voss over their desire to impeach Megan Wolf, the state top election official. So these guys have resources. The question is they have the organization and the volunteers to collect the signatures. And even if they do, then do they have the ability to beat Robin Voss in election? There are a lot of big questions. And you know, we have experience recalls in Wisconsin. Don't forget, obviously, in 2011, 2012, we had a series of them. What we learned is voters typically don't really like to vote somebody out in a recall unless they did something illegal or immoral. You know, you know Scott Walker survived and by a bigger margin than he won in 2010. And part of the thought was, hey, voters feel like unless you did something really wrong, I'm not going to turn you out just because of a policy disagreement. Okay? So with Robin Voss, the arguments to recall him, according to the petitioners, are... Um, blocking election integrity, not impeaching Megan Wolf and opposing Donald Trump. Well, if you ask most people in Wisconsin who Megan Wolf is, they'll give you a blank stare. Uh, now, she's a very important person. She's the Elections Commission Administrator, but people don't really know who she is, by name at least. And so you're asking people to kind of recall him over that. I'm not, in talking to people, they're not sure that's really going to be a big motivator for people. And if you are going to get enough signatures to recall Robin Voss, you need kind of typical Republican voters, people who normally support him. In the primary in 2022, they survived by 260 votes. Adam Steen got less than 5,000 votes. So you got to find everybody who voted for Adam Steen, basically, and add 1,800 people more, 1,700 people more to get to your target number. That's not an easy task. There's a lot of, a lot of hurdles. So people are kind of like 
interested in what's going on, but not sure what to make of it. At the same time, whenever you have somebody facing something like this, the question becomes, will Robin Voss make decisions that are best for his caucus or for himself? Because his political future is on the line here. Most leaders have a roadmap of what they want to do legislatively, politically. Um, will Robin follow that? Will it be tossed out the window because he's got to save his own skin? Those are big questions that are facing him as he, you know, tries to fend off this recall election. Yeah, I told my boss that, I'd, well, I'd be happy to go out and take a look at this recall effort, but, you know, maybe wait for a warm day at the end of February or either that or have the WWM uh, parka and snow boots on. Yeah, it's going to be a challenge. So, you know, the Democratic Party, look, they pulled it off. They, they got the signatures a dozen years ago, but they had armies of people and they hit up population centers to do it. This is a, a much different animal for these guys to try and get the signatures needed to recall Robin Voss. And we also spoke a moment ago of the state Senator Lemmyhew, a Republican of Oostburg up in Sheboygan County. Uh, he's got some tax cuts uh, in mind that he's told was politics recently, right? Yeah, he wants to look at expanding one of the brackets. You know, Governor Evers vetoed some tax cuts that Republicans had proposed in the budget. He's rejected calls to go back and revisit that decision. So Devin's trying to find a way around that. Uh, we've got a projected $4 billion surplus at the end of this biennium in mid-2025 now. A chunk of that will probably get eaten up by a deal that Robin Voss struck with the University of Wisconsin officials about curtailing DEI. Uh, that deal includes about $400 million in state money go toward building projects. So let's say we got $3.6 billion, right, that we've got probably sitting there. Devin's talking about another billion dollar in tax cuts. Governor Evers has said he's concerned about eating up too much of that money that would leave the state in a possible predicament when it goes in the 2025-27 budget. So I'm not sure if they're going to reach an agreement, but you're going to see that proposal from Lemahue. There's talk about trying to do tax cuts for retirement income, all kinds of other stuff, because it's an election year. We've got money sitting around the state's main checking account. They always find a way to either spend it or try and give it back. I don't know they're going to agree on how to do that, but there'll be ideas kicked around in the next couple of months before lawmakers leave at the end of February and in the middle of March. All while they're keeping one eye, I bet, on the legislative redistricting case, uh, the state Supreme Court last week said, no, we're not going to reconsider our decision to ask for new maps. Uh, what's coming up in the next week or two on that? Well, we've got maps submitted by the various parties. We've got the consultants who were hired by the liberal majority of the Supreme Court that has a, a report due February 1st, um, kind of evaluating those maps. Let me go from there. The one thing I'm watching is if and when Republican lawmakers go to the U.S. Supreme Court and file a petition asking those justices to step in and stop what's happening in Wisconsin. You saw in that motion for reconsideration that was rejected last week the hints of what they would argue, that among other things, the state Supreme Court prejudged the case, um, didn't give weight to their arguments, bothered to do process rights. So we know something is coming or we expect something to come from them to the U.S. Supreme Court. The question is when and do, do those justices step in and hear that case. Keep that parka zipped up, and we'll look forward to more discussion with you. Hey, take care. That was J.R. Ross of wispolitics.com speaking with me, WUWM's Chuck Quirmbach. Check out the Capital Notes podcast wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> <laughs>